for the October 22nd, 2021 edition of Weekly Signal's Weekly Review, an interpretive guide to the last 168 hours of history broadcasting from the campus of the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And as always... Oleg Deripaska's Kremlin contact, <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. Yeah. yeah. What a guy. What a guy. How you doing, Mahler? Good, I think. How you doing? Yeah. 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 I know. He gets so psyched up before the show. It's kind of hard to get, get him calmed down. Saw him just chasing his tail <laughs> just out ch- back. Yeah. He's just nuts. He's nuts. Today we'll be talking about onions. Ooh. Yeah. Onions. Onions. Yeah, candy corn, in and out COVID, pig kidneys, Kristen Cinema, intercontinental ballistic missiles, robot rifle dogs. <laughs> robot rifle dogs, Mahler. Think about it. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to be a lot nicer to him, is that what you're telling me? Yeah. He, 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 yeah. And more. All right. But first, yeah. Did you ever smoke cigarettes, Mike? For about two weeks. You did? Yes. I didn't know that. I was in Two high school. I was, I was like 14. Oh, 14. My mom used to smoke Terryton 100s. <laughs> Do they ever make those anymore? I, I'm sure they, I don't know. But anyway, and I snuck out onto the side yard, took a couple of puffs. Between houses. Yeah. Where nobody could see you. Yeah, I thought, uh-huh. you know, I'm sure the smell was wafting all over the neighborhood. But uh-huh. nonetheless, I did that. And then I, and then I ventured out when I was in high school later on. Yeah. Stand around because I thought it would impress the chicks, you know. I smoked for about so like a, literally about you two said weeks. Two weeks is from, well, it was from like when I'm, when I'm, 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 I'm just giving you an insight into when I lost my smoking virginity. Yeah, 14. 14. With just one like puff. What, yeah, I went out houses. and coughed and did all that yeah. stuff. And then when it was 16, we we're hanging out at a party and I was. But you said two weeks. Well, that period that of time. That one party lasted two weeks. Really, it was a hell of a party. Wow. You should have been there. Water oh. beds and everything, yeah. So, yeah, so that was, yeah. Well, I was listening to the Dodgers. Yeah. On radio. Okay. Sometimes I do that. I walk and I listen to the playoff games on radio. So on, you pull uh, out a heater. And... Dodgers radio AM yeah. 570 broadcast of yeah, the yeah. NLCS yeah. last night. Yeah. And and during the week, I've been listening to them, too, I, even in the yeah. in the wild card game and all that. And they keep playing this ad. Okay. It's, where it's, a, it's a quit smoking business. They keep playing this ad. And it gets really irritating because I don't like the guys' voices at all. You know, they're doing ad voices. You know, so I'd be talking like this, you know, instead of like this. Yeah. And, uh, the announcer in the ad kept saying, never, ever stop quitting. And it got me thinking, Mike. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm thinking, if you never stop quitting, you never quit, right? <laughs> yes. Isn't that right? I, might, I, might... I guess, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you never stop quitting, if you're trying to quit, quitting is in It kind act. of gives you an excuse to keep doing it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, never stop quitting. you can just yeah. quit. You can, yeah. Which is really great if you're charging people <laughs> to, to quit, and they never quit. They never quit. Yeah. That's the whole point. But not so great if you're... <laughs> If you're trying to quit, no, I yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. get that. Never stop quitting. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was an existential quandary I was in. <laughs> Never stop quitting. Isn't quitting stopping? It is. It, yeah. it's technically Never it's, stop it, stopping. Yeah, yeah. Never stop. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're always <laughs> stopping, you know. Anyway, uh, anyway yeah. From the journal Nature. Yes. After collecting and sequencing 273 ancient horse genomes, 
a team of 162 scientists concluded that modern horses were domesticated around 4,200 years ago in grasslands around southern Russia, near where the Volga and Don rivers intersect. That's the news. That's that's where they that's domesticated a, them in news. Russia. Yeah. People never didn't know that before. They had no idea where we domesticated horses. Well, and how important yeah, yeah. have horses been? Just ask me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I know. He's got some good friends. You know, he's still not domesticated. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. I mean, how critically important have horses been to our civilization, to our growth? Right? I don't know. Well, pretty, pretty Pulling the plow? Pulling the plow? Yeah. I mean, you know. They Genghis go, Khan? Genghis Khan, exactly. Yeah. Conquering the world, Napoleon. Yeah, Sea Biscuit. Yeah, oh, Sea Napoleon <laughs> riding around on Sea Biscuit. They, yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite paintings. Is him on Sea Biscuit. <laughs> he yeah, was a small it till the finish. He, he, he yeah. was a small fellow, yeah. and so he could he could have entered the Derby for all I know. With the you ever go to any of those horse races? No. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't like them. I find them repugnant now. Repugnant. They are. I think they're probably cruel towards the beast. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, I think they probably are. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to get into my life history again. Horses. No, this is enough. What? A girlfriend. I had a girlfriend who raced horses. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. She raced them? Yeah. Wow. Well, it was a different kind of race, but right. you know, it was yeah. one where they, the steeplechase type of thing. Okay. Yeah. But professional. She was like a national champion. I, okay, I have a friend um, who dated a woman who did long-distance racing on yep. on horses. Wait a second. Wait a minute. <laughs> what? What's her name? Her name was Helen. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh geez. Jeez. I, I, I had no... I... Damn you, Helen! <laughs> uh, Helen of Troy. From Kelly Blue Book. Yes. You know what Kelly Blue Book is? It's I do know car it, thing. Car thing. It's, it used it to be the Bible. If you want to know how much for cars, yeah. If you want to find out how much your car was worth, <laughs> not that it actually, now people didn't read from the Holy Script of the yeah, Kelly yeah. book, but they, they at one time, this is if you want to know what your car was worth, yeah. you had to buy it. Yeah. Now you just go online. It's, but you have to pay, I think. To, to oh, do you? Access. Maybe you don't. I don't uh, know. Whatever. If Kelly was smart. <laughs> he was. From January to September, U.S. consumers bought 305,324 all-electric vehicles, an increase of 83% from the same period in 2020. Well, that's good news. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know if that is reflective of 2020, which is the at this point in time from uh, what it would be January September would have been the, 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 the what do you call that, the... The you dip know. in the economy when no, people no, were the buying pandemic, things. The okay, depth yeah, yeah. of the pandemic. Yes, right that's there. what I'm. Yeah, yeah. kind of what I'm getting to. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. people were probably sitting at home, not thinking about buying a new car, yeah. not knowing if they would ever be using it for, yeah. for very much. So. Well, they didn't want to go out and and talk to a used uh, to a car salesman right, right, too, right. And, and go through all that. Yeah. And and I know they did sell some, but it wasn't a happy time. No, no. Like now. <laughs> So much happier. It's getting, yeah, it's getting a little happier. It's a little bit happier. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give you that. A little bit happier. Uh, from <laughs> the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That's right. The Centers for... Yeah, Molly. Yeah. <laughs> Onion alert. <laughs> Onion alert. Onion alert. Yeah. yeah. Onion alert. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know... What? It makes Who him... got an onion alert? He, he, I know, and it makes him gassy. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Gassy? Yeah, what are you talking it does. about? 
It makes he he's, he has. That's a squeak toy, Mike. I understand, but I I do not give him onions. Oh no, dogs yeah. don't ever give dogs onions. Yeah, that's a bad thing. I'm sure it it's is. It's almost like chocolate. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. quite as bad. But but they, they will vomit that stuff up. The CDC urges consumers to throw away any whole red, white, or yellow onions they purchased that do not have a sticker or packaging because salmonella. Oh. Yeah, more than 650 people in 37 states have been sickened in an outbreak linked to imported onions. The Food and Drug Administration said that an investigation had identified ProSource Incorporated of Haley, Ohio. Oh, Idaho. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I, I start with the I, you know, and I go off in Ohio. It's Haley, Idaho is where this company is located as a source of potentially contaminated whole fresh onions imported from the state of Chihuahua, Mexico. Mm -hmm. That's Chihuahua, Mexico. Yeah, you know, yeah. Chihuahuas were named after the state of Chihuahua. Okay. Not the other way around, okay. in case you were thinking that maybe it's a tiny little state. Right. At least 129 people have been hospitalized as a result of the outbreak. What do they call chihuahuas? Vegetables that grow underground. They're called tubers? Tubers. Yeah. Well, I have some other tuber news for you as well. Oh. The United States last year overproduced potatoes by just an incredible amount. They were way more. Yeah, more potatoes. More potatoes than ever before. Yeah. And a less demand a for potato them. glut yes there was and it and a lot of it has to do with the big franchise fast food places like mcdonald's who buy an enormous amount of potatoes for their french fries and they were ready for a big potato season and they didn't have one and apparently the potato farmers just really took it huh. hard i mean it was a bad year for potatoes well i hope tubers potatoes are on the rise i as well as all tubers yeah i was uh, i was to you tubers I, yeah <laughs> Yeah. All hail the tubers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. From Fortune magazine, Chicago's Ferrara Candy Company, the industry's largest manufacturer of candy corn. You like candy corn? No. Yeah. That's where I am on it, too. It's a controversial candy. Not to me. Because some people really dislike it. And other people, at this time of year, they're yeah. just addicted to it. Yeah. I don't get that. No. But anyway. This uh, Freeman Ferrara Candy Company says it was the victim of a ransomware attack earlier this month, which disrupted production. Yeah, however, according to the candy corn maker, that won't lead to a candy shortage this Halloween. Thank God for that. They also, they, it's not just candy corn. Uh, they ship the candy corn for one thing, or the, all the candy in August. So it gives you an idea of how old your candy is <laughs> that you're giving out to the... His children, kids. yes, but children. nevertheless, uh, this uh, Ferrara candy company also makes sweet tarts, Laffy Taffy, Nerds, and cookies from Keebler and Famous Amos. You remember Famous Amos when he was just a, a like a little stand on uh, was it Melrose? I think I remember it being yes, maybe it started there, but I remember yeah. a Famous Amos store on I think it was Sunset or. Well, that's, that's what I'm talking about, oh, yeah, a little okay. famous store. Yeah, it was uh, like uh, a little well, round, it, almost it, like it a was, kiosk. Uh, what do they call that? Well, I, I, the one I remember was uh, uh, like a International House of Pancakes, an A-frame building. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it might have been an old well, International House of Pancakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a sweet tarts person when I was a little right. kid. Yeah, well, then went for Halloween. right here, yeah. you know. But, no, I mean, that, that was all sugar. I mean, that was literally colored ransomware sugar. attack. Good. Because nobody should be subjected to any of that crap anymore. Okay. Uh, 
this news gives you a candy corn rush, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to stabilize your blood sugar? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio, KUCI, 88.9 FM. <laughs> For God's sakes. From news data. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it data from now on. If you ever hear me saying data, slap me. No. Wow. California is famous for making great advancements in decarbonizing its electric grid, but there's an uncomfortable reality to it. There's a whole lot of diesel-powered electric generation stations being built. Really? Right here in California, yeah. The modern realities of the grid include public safety power shutoffs and wildfire shutdowns, as well as inadequate infrastructure maintenance from utilities and spotty utility regulation. This means that some of the big tech companies that store and distribute your online data build a whole lot of backup generation to make it all possible, and a lot of it is diesel-fueled. Oh, my God. Yeah. The number of backup generators, sometimes known as bugs, as in backup generators, in the San Francisco Bay Area and in Southern California have grown dramatically in the past few years. Bugs of all types rose by a significant 34% over the last three years in the Bay Area. In the South Coast area, that would be Los Angeles, Orange Riverside, and San Bernardino counties, the growth rate was 22%. About 90% of this backup generation is diesel, 6% is fueled by natural gas, and 3% by liquefied petroleum gas. So So it's all pretty bad. Yeah, so it's all... Yeah, using these fossil fuels. Yeah, that was disappointing. It really is. And I guess that's what we have to do now. What are you going to do? You know, have a little, you know, rodent on a wheel or something? Well, I keep thinking that with all of the emerging technology with batteries. Yeah. Right. But they're still counting on maybe the batteries are going to go down. You know, they just, they want to be sure that your data. (gasps) Ow! Jeez. Wow! Thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, I you're welcome. That. I mean, I, you, <laughs> that you your said data you said, doesn't yeah. doesn't. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow, well, that's that hurts. Was, was good for <laughs> me. I felt good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I actually, I have to tell you. <laughs> I'll never say that again. I will not lie. Data. 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 From the Washington Post. Did you ever go to In and Out Burgers, Mike? This is a food-oriented uh, well, section. Well, really, yeah, we're really here. Uh, no. Never. In your whole life, you've never oh, had I've a... Oh, I've been to... Yeah, of course. Yeah. I thought you meant... Now. Currently now. Yeah. No, I, I do not. Well, in and out is refusing to comply with San Francisco's mandate that restaurants check vaccine cards before allowing customers to dine indoors, a move that resulted in a temporary shutdown of the city's only in and out hmm. which is probably a good thing. We refuse to become the vaccination police for any government. Arnie Wensinger, the company's chief legal and high... Perbally officer said, <laughs> it is unreasonable, invasive, and unsafe to force our restaurant associates. There are associates there, in case you're wondering. Those aren't cooks. No. Those are associates. That, that's what you're an associate when they don't want to pay you more money. <laughs> yeah. 
Sunset. Well, they don't do badly. You know, yeah. No, they actually get announced purportedly as one of the better companies to work for in that regard. But yeah. mostly when they give you a title, it's mean, it means they <laughs> yeah. don't want to pay you more money. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or give you a false sense of security yeah, and exactly. importance. Exactly. Uh, anyway, it's, it is unreasonable, invasive, and unsafe to force our restaurant associates to segregate customers into those who may be served and those who may not, whether based on documentation they carry or any other reason. When Singer said, in, yeah, he's ad, he actually added, including whether they're carrying AR-15s into the restaurant or engage in public sex. Wow. Yeah. Did somebody ask him about No, I just added okay. that. Well, I just made that up. No. Because he said any other reason. I figured well, what's this, any other reason. What's this? You can go into, to, you know, in and out. doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah. You could, you could, you could be, uh, you know, uh, what? You could carry the plague, which is yeah. what? people are doing right we're, we're in the middle of a plague here we are. we are and they're walking in with the plague and in and out says come on in well you know what it's an invasion of my privacy and my freedom yeah. because tubulars like yourself tubers like yourself tubers tubers right? i'm a tuber not you i'm talking about you're calling him a I'm tuber talking as in and out derogatory face. yeah you think a potato is a bad well thing? i mean the iq of a potato How's okay that? all right yeah is tuberhead tuberhead is because I now have to go out and get another vaccine because tuberhead yeah is contributing to an environment to a society where people are being essentially encouraged to walk around as disease carriers yeah because you don't want to do that I need another vaccine well so you're impeding oh, my and, freedom yeah. of movement of of my ability to essentially feel safe in my own society. Yeah. And they're endangering children, kids who haven't had the shot. Yeah. Who are 12 years or younger. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Just for what it's worth, too. In recent years, In and Out's billionaire owner, Lindsay Snyder, founded a militaristic ministry dedicated to training an army of. To conduct spiritual warfare against demonic en enemies. Oh, you can my look God. This stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. How, how so many a boycott these, in yeah. and out is what I'm thinking. Yeah, no kidding. How many of these billionaires are just these, these, this exact profile, right? Yeah. That Peter Thiel guy, the Mr. Libertarian who supported yeah, Trump early yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. There's a bunch of these guys with a ton of money who are talking about this spiritual nonsense and yeah. the coming war. From News Miami. Yeah. A Miami school that made headlines for saying it would penalize teachers who got COVID-19, got the COVID-19 vaccine, is now requiring students to get vac is now requiring students who get vaccinated to remain home for 30 days after each dose. I know that sounds nonsensical, and you're right; it'll make no sense. Parents of students at the Sentner Academy received a letter from its chief operating officer that spelled out a quarantine rule for parents who still chose the vaccine for their children. Because of the potential impact on other students and our school community, vaccinated students will need to stay at home for 30 days post-vaccination for each dose and booster. 
they receive and may return to school after 30 days as long as the student is healthy and symptom-free. I know you're making this face like, huh? Yeah. That's what I think. Where was this? It's what, completely bass-ackward. Well, this is in Florida, of course Miami. It is. This yeah. is to discourage people from getting vaccines. Yeah, the school owners said the reasoning was over concerns on side effects and fears that those who get the shot will infect those who don't get it. See, yeah. This is this is just a kind of I'll say clever with with uh, quotation marks around it, a way of getting people to not take the vaccine. And this is just BS. I mean, according to any epidemiologist, scientist, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, all that, none of the three vaccines authorized by the Food and Drug Administration use live viruses, meaning they cannot make recipients sick from (sighs) COVID-19. Yeah. From Reuters. For the first time, a pig kidney kidney has been transplanted into a human without triggering immediate rejection by the recipient's immune system, a potentially major advance that could eventually help alleviate a dire shortage of human organs for transplant. And uh, give us another excuse to dissect pigs. Slaughter pigs, yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll figure out a way to give them another kidney. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know either. I don't think so. I'd give you one of my kidneys. A pig? No. You'd give me one of your I'd give, kidneys. I'd give you one of my kidneys. You would? Maybe. <laughs> I don't think you would. <laughs> I really don't think that's true. <laughs> I, don't, I was going to talk to you about that. By the way. <laughs> you never know. The procedure done at NYU Langone Health Center in New York City involved the use of a pig whose genes had been altered so that its tissues no longer contained a molecule known to trigger almost immediate rejection. The recipient was a brain-dead patient with signs of kidney dysfunction whose family consented to the experiment before she was due to be taken off life support. For three days, the new kidney was attached to her blood vessels and maintained outside her body, giving researchers access to it, and they determined that it still functioned, didn't make her sick. Wow. That's amazing. You know, three cheers for her. That's pretty in her family. Yeah. That's that's great that people can do that. And it says something about the connection we have to animals. We're not so far removed from them. So that we should maybe give some consideration to not slaughtering them all yeah. and and then eating them. I think yeah. this, I mean, just, just spitballing here, but, you know, yeah. I mean. Just diplomatically, we might want to. Yeah, just, you know, a, just, just, a, just a little a, memory there. about. So when <laughs> we approach a pig, he doesn't squeal and run off because yeah. he assumes that we're going to slaughter him. Yeah, we're yeah. just going to take his kidney. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, you got two. I, yeah. I guess that's the question. Do they have two? Like. You, and I well, you know, eventually they'll have 500 kidneys. There'll be one like, there'll be pigs mean, that manufacture yeah, there you go. kidneys. They will, they will breed, yeah, pigs yeah, with multi-kidney multi-kidneys. Pigs. Yeah, yeah. From Scientific American, according to new research, fossil fuel producing nations are on track to violate their Paris Agreement pledges by developing coal, oil, and natural gas through 2030 at levels that would fail to avoid dangerous temperature increases. The production gap between planned fossil fuel output and the goal of stopping temperature rise at 1.5 degrees Celsius would grow for at least 20 years without stronger climate policies. Just going to keep growing there, uh, the output. I mean, you're literally reading a story Yeah. right now, Nathan. That's what I'm doing. That 
bodes the demise of many of our societies around the world. What no. I keep coming back to is as climate damage becomes the more and more. The death of many people. The death of millions of people. And I'll, I'll ask this question, and it has no answer. Okay. But I'll ask it anyway. That's called a rhetorical question. It is. Right? There you uh, go. Rhetorical a question. Rhetorical and that is, question. When we reach, yes, when we reach these levels that you're describing of uh, so much carbon in the air that life becomes unsustainable in many parts of the world, sea level rise, yeah. all of the different things that are going to happen, crop failures, when people start to migrate around the world, which they will, which, yeah. by the way, in the history of mankind, we migrate for a lot of reasons. Now yeah. we're going to be migrating for climate. What happens when a million people, two million people show up at our border or the border of a major military power in the world, China, yeah. Russia? Do we start killing them in order to make sure well, that ask our... Joe Manchin. Yeah. He's caused, helped cause some of I this. Mean, where are we going yeah. to end up? Are we going to put deploy our military to essentially make sure that no one comes in and, you know, the, the consequences of all this, I well, don't know. forget even... our military. Just a lot of people are going to die. A lot of people will die, yeah. period, for no other reason than the climate has failed them. Yeah. Ah, the report comes as legislation aimed at decarbonizing the U.S. economy struggles to make its way through Congress. The Biden administration has pledged to cut, cut greenhouse gases in half by 2030 from 2005 levels, but achieving that goal will be difficult if legislation fails and yeah, just having a tough time of it and they said you know joe manchin should just be ashamed of himself joe manchin is in the pocket of fossil fuel yeah, let's just I nobody know. in the democratic party wants to say anything about this except for bernie except bernie does yeah. exactly i mean let's be honest i mean he comes from a coal producing state i understand the economic impact could have it could have an impact yeah. so let's give him 200 million dollars to make this, to do sure, whatever they need. Two hundred billion dollars. I don't care. Give them a trillion dollars exactly. in that state. Let's, exactly. Let's let's fight this thing. Let's it's, do something about this it. This is it. Yeah. Because I fear the Republicans will get to a point either they'll take the House or the Senate. This is over. The, and there'll be so much disaffection over the Democrats' failure to do this that it's going to doom them for many many cycles to come. I yep. fear. Yep. Yep. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9. On our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com. On Twitter and Instagram at KUCI FM. And on the web at KUCI.org. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Wow. He, you know, he does love that, those um, station identification things. Yeah. I've, he, I've seen him. He starts, he starts licking he, he himself likes, yeah, when, whenever those things wow. come on. Yeah. From the New York Times. Yeah. Five veterans tapped to advise Senator Kirsten Sinema, an Arizona Democrat. She's the one that kind of dresses kind of flamboyantly. You know? Yes. Uh, not yeah. that that's the only thing she does, but it really is kind of the only thing she does. Yeah, it's the only thing it, I know it, her for. This. Yeah. I mean, she, she, nobody knows what she really wants except what she doesn't want. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the five veterans tapped to advise her resigned from their post publicly, accusing her of hanging your constituents out to dry. Yeah. 
In a scathing letter, the veterans took cinema to task for her refusal to abolish the filibuster and her opposition to parts of Biden's social safety net, education, climate, and tax plan. Gee, I'd so, like to know what those are. Yeah. What are yeah, those we objections? Don't, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know what she has against, except all we know is she's taken money from corporations that... From a bunch of pharma, big pharma yeah. stuff, a whole bunch of... Uh, 70% uh, of Americans approve of these programs, too. Yeah. And the cinema opposes them. The veterans told cinema, you have become one of the principal obstacles to progress, answering to big donors rather than your own people. Cinema has poo-pooed major elements of Democrats' safe, social safety net and climate bill, including raising individual income and corporate tax rates to pay for it. Because Democrats control the Senate with only 50 votes, even one defection could spell defeat for the measure, giving cinema outsized influence to determine what can be included. Yeah. And this goes the same for, uh, we talked about Manchin. Joe Manchin. Yeah. But he, like you said, is in a state where you at least can say, well, He's representing the people in the state, kind of. Right. But at what point? Yeah. What point? We talked about this last week. At what point do your concerns about your your particular constituency overrule what is good for the entire country and in some ways good for the entire world? Yeah. Right. We're talking about legislation that will impact not only the United States, but when it comes to climate, it will impact the entire planet. And with, with, with um, cinema, she's a cipher. She was in the Green Party. She was yeah. this. She was that. I think she just found a, a place in the Democratic Party. She ran against a woman who couldn't win. She, the woman that she defeated, that was the senator, yeah. was appointed, could, lost twice in her run for Senate as the incumbent once. It was just she was very fortunate politically. And now we don't know what she believes, but we do know she's taking a lot of money from a lot of big lobbyists. Yeah. Like, like I said, Big Farm and who else? I, I'm sure there are a lot more. Well, it's not just the world, too. It's this country. Yeah. It's this country she's screwing up. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I guess she just wants to be in power. I suppose that's what it is. This is all about cinema and not yeah, about she wrote a, she anyone wrote an, else. She wrote an op-ed article, op-ed piece for the Washington Post, I believe, or New York Times, in which she argued about keeping the filibuster. And by all accounts, I, I read it, but I, I mean, by all accounts, who people who know the, that particular uh, legislative gimmick device, they said she didn't know what the hell she's even talking about. Huh. She wrote this, you know, editorial yeah. opinion piece, and it was apparently so flawed in its logic and the understanding what the filibuster was that it was hard. I mean, it's hard to read. For yeah. I, I didn't, you know, again, I don't know the level of all of the the people who I saw talking about it yeah. in terms of the filibuster, but nonetheless, I don't. She's or a cipher. Tell the folk what a filibuster is, just so they know. Well, basically, it allows the the group out of power or against the legislation, in this case the Republicans, to be able to stop legislation from moving forward. It, it used to be, too, that they could just, they needed to talk. They yeah. needed to debate it That's for right. hours on end. Right. And Strom Thurmond was famous for going, I don't know, but was it 72 hours something or something? Like something like that. Something like that. Of just talking and holding up debate that was but now all they need to do is phone it in they don't even need to be there they're just going to say can say well we're going to filibuster and that qualifies they for call it. the clerk yeah of the senate and it but then and, and uh strom thurman's um filibuster was famous for that reason as well as it was to stop the civil rights legislation yeah, yeah. from moving forward yeah yeah 
So that's what how Republicans are uh, running the country now. They're they're out of power. Well, they're not. They, for they have anything. a minority. They don't have. And any it also requires sixty percent of the vote to yeah. overcome this filibuster right, too, right, which right. is really tough to get. Right. In in a, in a even in a Congress where you do have power, look, or, a, or complete power, rather than one right now where the Senate is. There is know, an argument tied. to be made for a filibuster, but it's it shouldn't be a blanket filibuster. Yeah. There are certain things. I do think voting rights should be, as, as they say, a carve-out of the filibuster. It should be a simple majority. Mitch McConnell arbitrarily said, we're giving a carve-out to the Supreme Court vote yeah. for the if you want to be, if they're going to vote for a justice for the Supreme Court it used to be 60 yeah and Mitch McConnell said no we're going to make it a simple majority that's it yeah. that's all he, and that was it that's how we got Kavanaugh that's how we got Comey that's how we got all of these people these lunatics yeah. on the Supreme Court is because Mitch McConnell said no it's a simple majority now not the 60 that they they used to do so it happens we can do this we can do yeah. this from the Associated Press, the House voted to find Steve Bannon in criminal contempt of Congress for stonewalling the investigation into the January 6th Capitol attack. The vote of 229 to 202, mostly along party lines, came after Bannon refused to comply with a subpoena from the House Select Committee investigating the assault, declining to provide the panel with documents and testimony. The action sent the matter to the Justice Department, which now must decide whether to prosecute Bannon and potentially set off a legal fight that could go on through the midterm elections. That's the important part there. And I think that's what Republicans are going to try to do is just tie it up through that. Many Republicans in Congress continue to whitewash, ignore, and even validate the insurrection as their party repeats the lie that Trump run, won the presidency. In case there are any Republicans listening, Trump lost. Trump lost. Only nine Republicans joined Democrats in voting to enforce the panel subpoena. Speaking of which, no Republicans in the Senate voted to have a discussion yeah. about the voting rights bill, the John Lewis voting rights bill, to not even discuss it. They voted it down yeah. because, because the Democrats couldn't get 60 votes. Well, and that's back to the the, uh, the filibuster again, but it's uh, they don't want to discuss it because their discussions would reveal how what racist pigs they are. Right, how bankrupt their their yeah. philosophy or their their governing principles really are. From the voice of Orange County, Orange County's congressional delegation showed up in force at an oversight com uh, hearing convened in Irvine over the recent oil spill, calling for an end. The taxpayer subsidy subsidies for offshore drilling at Huntington Beach oil spill. Yeah. The hearing featured testimony from environmental researchers and coastal businesses affected by the spill, along with a new round of calls for local members from local members of Congress to end all drilling off California's coast. Yep. They're talking about it. Good. For real. Representative Katie Porter. She's our rep here in Irvine, Democrat. Uh, She's a good egg. Yeah. I'll tell you. Uh, uh, taught here at UCI. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Said the company Beta Operating, whose pipeline leaked this month, was paid nearly, whose pipeline leaked this month, Beta was paid nearly $20 million in federal subsidies because their well isn't as profitable as it once was. 
twenty million dollars right. just because that's another thing. yeah that's right. a subsidy something Porter said needs to stop. These subsidies are in fact a waste of taxpayer dollars. She said these subsidies are and so many others are the reason that oil wells like the one behind this leak are still active. Getting rid of the subsidies is the first step toward getting rid of the problem. And oil and gas companies use shell corporations to get rid of their cleanup obligations and the abuse the bankruptcy process. Exactly. And another thing, a lot of these oil wells are a lot less profitable than they used to be. So these there's a kind of vulture capitalists move in, buy up all of these things, yeah. and then they rely on the, the subsidies to make the money yeah. that they make off of it. And, the other and they thing, don't know what they're doing out that's there right, either. That's right. And they're driving these, now that we have all these uh, ships parked off the yeah. coast, the cargos. Ooh, cargo ships, they're dropping anchor in places that they haven't been dropping anchor before. And they suspect, I don't know if this has been proven or disproven, but last week I heard that they suspect that one of those anchors dragged yeah. across one of the, this particular oil pipeline and is what caused the spill. The other thing that the bill that they're not considering this whatever trillion dollar democratic bill on all kinds of things, including climate, we have to go out and clean up the oil that's been spilled. Also the methane that's leaking out of these abandoned um, natural gas wells, mm -hmm. right? Because natural gas plummeted in 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 its uh, profitability so now the all of these um methane is leaking out of all of these oil um sorry gas wells all over the country and this is not happening because they're not passing this particular bill sorry that was a long way to go it's all right you want to say anything else no i'm done, I'm done. <laughs> sorry well you wind them up yeah, and he never stops i know this from Slate Magazine, the Supreme Court dealt a blow to police reform in two unanimous decisions, shielding officers from lawsuits accusing them of illegal brutality. Both rulings endorsed a nearly insurmountable version of qualified immunity, the doctrine that protects police and other state officials from suit, raising the bar even higher for victims of unconstitutional conduct. The rulings are a clear signal that a majority of the current Supreme Court remains eager to protect violent officers from accountability. From the nation, a story by Daniel Ellsberg. We had him here on Weekly Save. We Life. did. We and did. Norman Solomon. I want to say we had Norman Solomon. We did have both him of on. these guys yeah. on. Yeah. The single best option for reduce, reducing the risk of nuclear war is hidden in plain sight, Mike. Tell me more. It's Mahler. <laughs> it's, it's heat reducer. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he hates that nuclear stuff. He does, I yeah. know. Yeah. News outlets don't mention it. Pundits ignore it. Even progressive and peace-oriented people like you and me yeah. and members of Congress yeah. tiptoe around it. Well, we don't tiptoe around it because we're talking about it right now. That's right. And yet for many years, experts have been calling for this act of sanity that could save humanity, shutting down all of the nation's intercontinental ballistic missiles. 400 ICBMs, that's what they call them, intercontinental ballistic missiles, dot the rural landscape of Colorado, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, and Wyoming. Loaded in silos, these missiles are uniquely and dangerously on hair trigger alert. That's right. They're different than the others. Unlike the nuclear weapons on submarines or bombers, the land-based missiles are vulnerable to attack and could present the commander-in-chief with a sudden use-them-or-lose-them choice. 
If our sensors indicate that enemy missiles are en route to the United States, the president would have to consider launching ICBMs before the enemy missiles could destroy them. Once they are launched, they cannot be recalled. That's right. Former Defense Secretary William Perry warns the president would have less than 30 minutes to make that terrible decision. That's right. The danger that a false alarm on either side would lead to a preemptive attack derives almost entirely from the existence on both sides of land-based missile forces, each vulnerable to attack by the other. Each, therefore, is kept on a high state of alert, ready to launch within minutes of warning. The easiest and fastest way for the U.S. to reduce that risk, and indeed the overall danger of nuclear war, is to dismantle entirely it's Minuteman 3 Missile Force. Amen. That's what it's called. That's right. I don't know yeah. what the deal is anymore. We're going to kill ourselves one way or another. Why do we need to? It almost seems like that's what we're going to do, you know? There'll be so much calamity caused by climate change right. and just general Mayhem. dysfunction Right. that that's the way it's all going to end up. By the way, those MX missiles that you just described uh -huh. was Ronald Reagan's centerpiece yeah. of his military policies during the 1980s. What a jackass that man was. I know it. From The Verge. The Verge. <laughs> the Verge. Ghost Robo Robotics. Yeah. Ghost Robotics and Sword International have teamed up to create a rifle-toting robot dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> robot dog. Ca called a special purpose. Oh, a special purpose. Unmanned rifle. Special purpose unran, unmanned rifle or spur. The system adds a 6.5 millimeter Creedmoor rifle from Sword to one of Ghost Robotics quadrupedal unmanned ground vehicles, or like I call it, robot rifle dog. <laughs> robot rifle dog. <laughs> ah, the robot rifle dog made its debut on the show floor of the Association of the U.S. Army's main annual convention in Washington D.C. The weapon used in the quadrupedal unmanned ground vehicle or robot rifle dog could have a sound suppressor fitted on the front end. So it could be si a silence. Silencer. A silent robot dog. Well, that's one thing that Mahler is not. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. you could, so yeah. far, I yeah. was thinking, well, what if he get, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, if he gets a hold of one of those Come rifles, on, we're, it's going to be trouble. Uh, robot dogs in general have been met with equal parts fascination, fear, and disgust by the public. But their utility for killing people is undeniable. Yeah, this does sound like something out of a dystopian yeah. sci-fi movie, right? Because yeah. these things are... Have, I've seen the, the what they call the promotional videos yeah. for these things. Yeah. They can get after it. I mean, yeah. they really run fast and they jump over pretty yeah. high... That's what you think. However, oh. Dr. Sarah Tabor, an expert in robotics, has said... Folks who build robots at this time tend to be focused on making it do cool things like jump, run, and somersault, and also impress Mike Casper. <laughs> so they can release te teaser videos that make everybody go, wow, that's a fancy robot rifle dog. Mission accomplished yeah. right yeah, there. I'm yeah, kidding. exactly. They got me. Yeah. Not so much. Uh, they tend to focus, they tend to be less focused on actual service performance or durability. What's this mean? The joints, motors, cameras, and other sensors are more exposed than they should be. Now, they can fix that, but right now, that's yeah. where it is. Yeah. It's easy for water, road salt, and grit to get in there and cripple the robot. 
I mean, look at this thing, she said, pointing to the robot rifle dog. That's housing's got a lot more nooks and crannies than in dang English muffin. <laughs> Apparently she was eating breakfast at the time. <laughs> it's just really funny to me that these supposed to be scary, that these are supposed to be scary, but probably can't stand up to a water balloon full of pickle juice. Okay, well, I hope she's right, because, you know. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I imagine in time they'll get a good skin casing yeah, on these robot rifle dogs. But right now, There's if you've got a robot rifle dog coming at you, be scared. Water balloon. Water no, balloon. water balloon with water pickle, pickle juice. Or pickle juice. Yeah. Take care of it. Oh, okay. Well, Think about it. Is you know it's vulnerable. Yeah, it looks scary. Well, let, let's just play out that scenario. Let's say it's coming at me, and I throw, I heave a whole bunch of water balloons filled with yeah. dill pickle juice. Yeah. That's pretty potent stuff. Yeah. And. It doesn't maybe sink in, maybe doesn't saturate the dog, the yeah. rifle dog, fast enough for me to be yeah. turned into hamburger, right? I mean, uh -huh. I'm just thinking, you know, just needs to get a couple of good shots off. Run. Well. Yeah. <laughs> From the Los Angeles Times, a major earthquake in California is likely to knock out many communication services for days or weeks, including the vast majority of cell phones in the area closest to the epicenter, according to a landmark new analysis by the U.S. Geological Survey. The widespread disruption of would imperil the public's access to 9-11 operators and lead to delays in reporting fires and calls for medical help. If we have a big earthquake... If we have a think, big earthquake, it yeah. all depends on where it is. Yeah. It really makes a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, what we used to game... Um, at Public Works yeah. was something coming out of the Imperial Valley, something yeah. coming up from there, which would have been a significant event for Los Angeles. My concern is something that's north of here that that interrupts the the California aqueduct. Yeah, that's the one that scares me. If that were to happen, that's scary. And finally, a meteorite crashed through a home ceiling and landed on a woman's bed. <laughs> After a fireball streaked through the Canadian sky, Ruth Hamilton of British Columbia woke to an explosion and ceiling fragments showering down on her. Wow. She immediately called emergency. Looking next to her bed, Hamilton found a three-pound rock the size of a cassava melon <laughs> near her pillow. Oh my gosh, she said to the emergency operator, there's a rock in my bed. <laughs> You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.